welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett. Hello, Katie. And birthday boy. Hello. Cameron Spen. He's in the house. How nice is that for you to spend your birthday with us? I did that last year, too. It's a tradition recording we, on my birthday. We must be friends. You like, we are. You like us. You like us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that segues great into this episode. I mean, <laughs> except for the, all of the emotions are wrong. <laughs> this is a difficult subject. This is kind of where our, our jobs kind of blend together with a therapist's job. And <laughs> This is our episode 110, and I told y'all several episodes ago, I'm, I'm doing a behavioral finance master's course and getting all nitty gritty into... The money disorders, the behavioral biases. Yeah, that's some jargon I'm calling on myself. And that's fancy titles of different habits and traits that everyone has that you don't really even realize. And um, I actually was driving in the car with my husband and working on a paper for this class and read one of the terms out loud, financial infidelity. Mm. Sounds scandalous. Like it's, mm. it sounds Awful. Oh, and, give me the tea on that. Mm. Well, and that's actually, Cam, I'm going to throw you out a little bit on this. When I Uh-oh. mentioned this, you were like, oh, is that like embezzling? Is that? I'm like, no, it's not even anything like that necessarily intense. I mean, it's, it could be. It's cheating on your spouse, basically, financially. Financially. And, it's, yeah. and everyone's like, oh, I'm not a cheater. I wouldn't do that. But let me tell you, TikTok, Facebook, Amazon, Instagram, they're all kind of playfully encouraging it. The shop that says... We'll put winner on your package or leave a tip for the Amazon guy if you want him to put it out, to put the packages in the back so your husband doesn't find them. Mm. Newsflash, that's hiding from your spouse. That's deceiving your spouse financially. I know. I, I know I'm being a turd to all y'all because you're like, oh, Katie, why you got to call me out? Y'all, I, I am in the same boat. I've done these same things too. So I'm not saying, I think... The, I'm not going to speak for the two of you. I'm not saying that I have not committed some of these crimes. Mm. But let's uh, start off with kind of a fun pop culture list. These are some movies, TV shows that kind of have some examples of financial... Characters that have been financially... Infidelitized? uh, (laughs) Is that a word? Infidels. (laughs) (laughs) Little shysters. Financial cheaters. All right, I'll start it off. The Out of Towners. Um, now, there's an original one of this, but I am specifically, and I'm guessing it's the same storyline. I'm talking about the newer one with Goldie Hawn and Steve Martin. And it's a cute little, they go to New York. They're kind of, just everything goes wrong. And what the financial infidelity part of it is, is that the wife has been enabling the grown child, mm-hmm. sending money. And so that is not telling the husband that she's doing this. And then the husband has actually lost his job. And so she thinks he's having this job interview for just a a next step, but doesn't realize, no, they don't have a job. He has no job. There's no money coming in. And she's sending all the money to the kid. Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) Well, I'm actually going to throw one in of my own because I thought I was doing this one and I don't know this one. So I was just going to throw one in that I thought of that's not on the list. Throw it in. Okay, so I just I just came while you were talking about that. I just thought of one, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, this is Forty. Oh yeah, with uh, Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann. There's all kinds of financial shenaniganery going on in there. Uh, he's he's lying to her about how much debt they're in, about how how his business is not mm-hmm. actually successful, but he is letting her believe that it is. 
Uh, his they, they have an accountant who's been telling him basically, you're in trouble, you're in trouble, you're in trouble. He has not been passing that information along to his wife. And he is also, as you said about Goldie Hawn supporting the daughter, um, he is enabling his father, who is a bit of a, uh, a mooch. Yep. So, um, yeah, there's there's all sorts of stuff going on in that one. But still, I love that movie, man. Oh, yeah. It's so funny. The blooper reels are totally worth it. Mm. I get the good one, Breaking Bad. Now, this is the greatest show I personally have ever seen. I still <laughs> and, need to finish it. And I've only watched it once because it left such an impact on me. I'm like, I don't want to ruin that. I'm just like, I'm happy where I am. But Walter White is a chemist teacher, a high school teacher. He has cancer. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing well financially. And so he discovers that one of his old high school students, Jesse Pinkman, is a drug dealer. (laughs) And Walter White is a great chemist. And um, he learns to create the region's best crystal meth. It's blue. (laughs) He ends up slinging glass is what they call it, or dealing meth. And um, it is so stressful. But there are a lot of financial shenanigans. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's got a whole income source that he doesn't mention to his wife for a minute. Massive income. (laughs) I think he covers it up with a car wash at one point. He hides it in his basement. A lot of cash. It's a a crazy Well, no, he doesn't have a basement. He saws out a hole in his floor. Crawl space. Yes, (laughs) So he can put it in the crawl space. Incredibly stressful show, but if you haven't seen it, I suggest you watch it. Mm. Yeah. Okay, another one is uh, the show Good Girls. Uh, Christina Hendricks is in this. Yeah. And it is about three best friends who, they're tight on cash, they need money, and they uh, find this wonderful way, this sketchy character to work with, and it's kind of, um, yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. I have seen the first few episodes of that. Yeah, but it's just that they've got money coming in to help with... Diff- like they're kind of a little bit like the Robin Hood like they're doing some good with the money but still uh, one of the spouses is actually a cop and hiding it from him so lots of secrets happening with this but they're like oh we're, we're making money we're doing good uh, there's a theme so far these are incredibly stressful TV shows and movies yeah that's true <laughs> well I wasn't particularly stressed by the next one but I mean it, inventing Anna it's the story of the Russian or German I, I can't <laughs> the remember mix of all yeah, of the she, different The scam artist, basically, that took advantage of a lot of different rich people and all based on the the presumption that she was herself a a rich person and she managed to play that to her to her profit in a lot of ways. Ended up going to jail, of course. Yeah, and I added that one. True story. It's a true story. Yeah, I added that one and a couple others on this list because I know, like, just as Court, you found another one as we're talking about this, I know there is a ton we're missing off this list, but I did want to add on here some that are financial infidelity relationships that are not the traditional like husband and wife boyfriend girlfriend sometimes it's a best friend situation that there can be that financial infidelity and that definitely with inventing anna um it was friends and it was lovers vegas vacation stressful yes Mm -hmm. funny yes court's favorite movie also yes (laughs) (laughs) you made that very clear a few episodes ago (laughs) Yep. No, I mean, that's Chevy Chase hides this from his wife, the gambling issues, and, you know, rest is history with that one. Yep. Okay, uh, Shameless. Never seen it. <sighs> Never seen Such it. Such a great show. It is a train wreck. But Frank Gallagher, he is just financial infidelity left and right with his family, with his lovers, like everybody. He is scamming them. And uh, that's just kind of who he is. That's kind of what makes the show enjoyable to watch. <laughs> Okay, so I love this next show, mm-hmm. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I, we watch it every time a, a new a new season so drops. We pretty much binge the season. 
you have Susie written here. Susie's the manager, right? Mm -hmm. So yes. you're talking about like the manager um, doesn't tell look, Mrs. Maisel's manager. Uh, Mrs. Maisel is a comedian. For those of you who don't know, her manager doesn't tell her that her manager has a gambling problem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a gambling problem, and has actually sort of diverted some of the funds that she actually should be paying to Mrs. Maisel. She's mm -hmm. diverted those funds to her gambling debts. Yeah. Okay, so this is not your classic infidelity like uh, husband doesn't tell wife about his debt or wife doesn't tell husband about all of her credit card debt but it is still you know this, this is a trust relation. relationship yeah. and she is definitely cheating cheating a, not just a, a client but also they're very close friends in the show so yeah. next on the list Grace and Frankie now I've only seen a few episodes of this but I remember Frankie is the the free spirit yeah. Lily Tomlin yeah so what's the infidelity here they're business partners and so Frankie is not the best with the money and she has these just wild ideas and kind of will just spend money on different things or get high <laughs> yeah and she does do that a lot yeah okay um ozark uh, of course stressful. yeah this is a stressful and oh man i haven't been able to drag myself through more than just like the first few episodes of the second season that's why i stopped after season one it's so dark it's like you have to be in a, a specific a mindset specific and mood. it's yeah. film dark too yeah is. everything is dark yeah, yeah. I'm like, jason bateman what are you doing yeah uh, but it is a very very popular show and i don't really have anything negative to say about it it's just I've never been in the mood to, to sit and watch it but it all starts with Jason Bateman is in a partnership with you know somebody and his partner they're in some sort of financial job I can't remember like accountants or something like that but his partner embezzles funds from the drug cartel basically mm -hmm. and isn't telling Jason Bateman about it and it basically the cartel kills him and tells Bateman he better figure out a way to get himself out of it so he's like okay I'll wander your money and boom, show is off to, to a grand start right there. I mean, he, he goes through several different schemes to, to launder their money. I think he may also, at the very beginning at least, I, I think this is actually an instance where really he was the person who was cheated upon by his partner. Because he does have a spouse in the, in the show, but I'm pretty sure that he tells his spouse pretty fast what is going on and what it is that he's doing i i think she finds out if not if not in like the first episode i know she finds out in the first season yeah. and sort of becomes his partner in crime in, in terms of what they're doing so well, what we'll learn soon in this episode is everyone finds out about the financial infidelity eventually yes that is true okay uh, the last two on this list so um friends obviously yeah. ev most everybody has seen that show mm. specifically the one with Monica and Chandler's wedding. Yep. <laughs> and uh, this is how uh, Monica ends up overspending for the wedding. And then it's found out that Chandler has savings. And everyone's shocked about that. But then ongoing, obviously, it's not with a particular person. But Joey had a lot of crazy debt and financial issues that whole show. Mm. The life of a struggling actor. Yep. Okay. And then this one is burned just straight into my brain. We've watched How I Met Your Mother. It's, it's on repeat. I've probably said that before on the podcast over and over and over again. Um, we've watched it so many times that, 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 I, that I have it memorized. And there's an episode where Lily confides in Robin, I think, that she has amassed a significant amount of credit card debt that she has not told Marshall, her husband, about. Mm -hmm. And it's all about what do I do and do I tell him and how do I tell him. And It's right around when they're trying to buy the property yeah. and he's worried about his student 
student loans affecting yeah. them, and it's really she's got this secret that's you know financially ruinous for them. And really, when it comes down to it, when, when we're when we're talking about financial infidelity, that's sort of it wouldn't be that big of a deal if people just had all the money in the world and they went out and spent it and didn't tell each other what they were spending it on because who cares? Because they've got all the money in the world. But usually, these these infidelities that we're talking about can could could potentially lead to financial ruin, not just for the person who was cheating, but for the couple, their family. You know, it could lead to a lot of disasters for everybody involved. Therefore, it can be a big deal in a relationship. Okay, let's dive into like what the heck is financial infidelity and kind of, you know, we hope to leave you from this on how to identify it, how to try and handle it, and, um, you know, how just to be aware that it's out there and, and then give you a new buzzword that you can use in your dinner conversation. Should but we I, first define what fidelity means? Is it in your... Is it in fidelity your, or... Yeah, in, just fidelity first. And I think it's defined by faithfulness, like mm-hmm. kind of like locked in. Mm-hmm. So then infidelity is unfaithful. Yeah. It's one of those $10 words that I never yeah. really thought much about. And then I'm like, what is fidelity? So I mentioned earlier about money disorders because financial infidelity falls under this. And this is the patterns, the financial beliefs and behaviors that lead to significant distress, impairment in social or occupational functionings due to financial strain and ability to have one's financial resources. So there's a lot, but financial infidelity was the first one I really wanted to talk with you guys about because we have done an episode where we've talked about credit score. And if you remember back in that episode, we talked about the significance of maybe on your first date, you need to be like, what's your favorite color and what's your credit score? And that's kind of funny, but the thing is, is for the rest of your life, who you're with, you will have an issue if their credit score is very different from yours. It'll affect your ability to borrow. It'll just affect so much that goes forward. And so a lot of these, we've kind of touched on the importance and how finance conversations can be a leader in divorce. So financial infidelity occurs when couples with combined finances lie to each other about money. One partner may hide significant debts in a separate account while the other partner is unaware. Another common example is when one partner makes large discretionary expenses without discussing the matter with their partners. Commingling finances in relationships means consenting to cooperation and transparency in your money management. I remember when I was going through just the, the basic like marriage counseling prior to getting married and one of the conversations was about finances and it says, you know, what dollar amount are you going to agree to that anything over a certain amount you need to discuss with your partner. And the guy that was running our counseling said, so like a hundred dollars. And I'm like, what? Can we bump that up to 5k? Yeah. Like, can we, can we bump that up at least to like 500 or something? (laughs) Because I mean, heck today you can't even go get gas really without spending almost a hundred dollars, but it can be as destructive as sexual infidelity. Honestly. I mean, when I hear the word infidelity, you instantly think cheater. You right. think you have gone and stepped on your marriage or your relationship or whatever. But thinking of like hiding an Amazon package or helping a kid out and not telling the other one about it, but it's where it starts snowballing. And um, I mean, it, you sit there and think about it. Most people kind of have a little bit of addictive or pattern behavior. And so, you know, most drug addicts didn't start out like, full-fledged like whoo I'm doing so many drugs at one time it's it's little baby steps and I know it's crazy that I'm relating drugs to now money but that's as extreme as it can be you going and sleeping with somebody else 
is comparison to you hiding bank accounts, hiding credit card debt, hiding different things. And it's it's the positives and the negatives, whether you've got debt that you're hiding or large sums of money that you're hiding. And so, you know, some statistics that are thrown out there, 63% of men and 70% of women think that honesty about money is as important as remaining monogamous. 43% confess to committing some act of financial deception. 43%. I'm actually surprised that's not higher. It's become so trendy now almost to like <laughs> hide things. Hiding is a trend. It's, it's all over TikTok and Facebook and stuff. Women were nearly 50% more likely than men to hide purchases on receipts from partners. Okay, I guess that's where I think it should be higher because it's women. But it's, I mean, I've been guilty of, you know, I'm going to go run to the store and then I come back with a lot of stuff. I was like, oh, well, it was on sale or I got a two for one deal. No, I didn't. But like, it's just kind of in your mind like, oh, crap, I probably shouldn't have spent that much. Quick, 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 come up with something. Well, and, you know, generally speaking, I don't know. I'm stereotyping, I suppose. But men probably don't hide purchases and hide that sort of financial activity as much as women. Because generally speaking, men buy big things that cannot be hidden. Like, I'll, if I'm going to go buy something, it's going to be something like a big old 60-inch flat screen TV. And I can't come home and be like... Oh, uh, no, baby, this is not, I got this for free. <laughs> and probably talk about this in a few minutes. And I've talked about on the show before how Abby and I have a shared bank account. And that almost acts as a safety net, maybe you'd call it, because we see each other's ex- e- like everything. Well, everything. So there's no hiding it. She will eventually find out or I will. And it helps. I'm not saying that's the right or wrong thing for you to do. That's a personal choice, but it helps me. Yeah, I mean, that's that. we're going to talk about that. That may be one form. And it's with everything with finances, knowing what works for you and your relationship. It's okay. So more than 25% of women said they would pretend something was old when it was new. Only 8% for men. (laughs) Yeah. But that is so true that it's like, oh no, I've had this for forever. And I think um, later I've put in here, but this fits right now is there's actually a group of people that have purchased something and then pull the tags off in the car and like stuff it in their bag so they don't have to carry in the shopping bag or they go like wrinkle it up or whatever. So you don't think of it. And I'm sorry, I'll stereotype to the men. Like most of the time guys aren't as aware. And so they may not notice like, no, I've had this dress for a while. You don't remember it? And then a guy's gonna be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I remember that. Just so they don't get in trouble that they didn't recognize it. Okay. Of those couples who have experienced financial infidelity, 76% reported that it harmed their relationship and 10% said that it resulted in divorce. That's according to a study by the National Endowment for Financial Education. So like I said, I mean, this is this is all around us, but I think that messages would go a little different if it's like, oh, you know, TikTok hack, how to, you know, hide your Amazon packages for your husband, financial infidelity. Like, <laughs> what? That's going to change the way these, like, everyone's sharing them on TikTok because you don't want to be labeled as the financial infidelitor. Like, I mean, come on. Infidelitor. Is that what we're... I'm, I'm making up all kinds of words up here. <laughs> Leave me alone. So someone who wouldn't dream of betraying their spouse or partner by having an affair is risking their relationship in another way by committing financial infidelity. And, you know, it can be damaging emotionally and physically and family-wise, everything. You're keeping secrets, so you're lying. You're damaging the, the family's financial situation. There's all sorts of stuff that it, that's just as bad as, as any other sort of infidelity. Yeah. Okay, so hiding money from your partner, overspending. Oh, this is one. Secretly spending money on or giving money to children or other relatives. Think about this phrase. Here's a $20. Don't tell mom. How many times do you hear that? 
Yeah, I don't ever say it, so I, and I don't think my parents ever said it to me, but... <laughs> but it encourages them to be manipulative and also teaches them destructive financial habits. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, oh, well, I'll do this, but, you know, don't tell your dad or don't tell your mom. Going behind your partner's back to ask parents or other family members for emergency loans or gifts. Then that's going to go back and listen to our episode about loaning money to family. Like, mm-hmm. just, just say no. Risking joint resources for investments or business purposes without your partner's knowledge or agreement. I mean, some of this gets borderline into legal issues where signing someone's name, but oh, yeah. think about those joint investments or if someone goes and takes a lien against the house or different areas like that, then they're not just hurting their personal financial situation. They're hurting everyone's. They're hurting everybody's credit score. At absolute worst, I mean, you know, worst case scenario, you could actually be committing a crime and not only committing a crime yourself, but also implicating your spouse in that crime. And that would be extra bad. I think about um, The Other Woman. Again, yes, another Leslie Mann movie. that's another great yeah. one. Uh, where he he's starting all these offshore companies, but he's having he's doing it in her name so that he can bilk his investors of all the money. And yeah. And it's, you know, I'll give this example of somebody I know that um, the female in the group, she had a lot of the debt on her. She had the home. She had a lot more credit cards. She had a lot of stuff. So her her available credit that she could spend was much larger. And so her credit score was not affected when one of the credit card bills had a higher balance. And this was that it had a high balance. It wasn't that it was a revolving. It's just how much was put on this card. Mm-hmm. Well, that card was actually linked to the spouse as well. And so his credit availability was much less because he didn't have the home. He didn't have other things. He just had a couple of credit cards on there. So his credit score took a huge ding when this large $10,000 was on this credit card. Mm -hmm. And to the female, it was like nothing. Mm -hmm. So that's a perspective of it of like, oh, well, no, it's fine. But you open that joint credit card, think about the other person. Yeah. And so that's where it's, you know, with that situation, they had a joint bank account, but they had the joint credit card, but the one spouse had the login and the other one didn't, so they couldn't see the individual charges. <laughs> okay, signs of infidelity. I mean, financial infidelity, sorry. We're not <laughs> we're not changing this up now. Okay. We'll pull in a special guest for <laughs> Smelling that other perfume, segment. like, I don't know. Lipstick on the collar. Uh, never one sign to look out for is stonewalling during conversations about money. That's true. You think about it is all, all the movies you see of, oh, are you doing drugs? No, I'm not doing drugs. So like if you ask me, are you spending too much money? Where'd that come from? Are your defense mechanisms going to come up? Like you're going to be like, no, I didn't. This isn't new. This is old. What are you talking about? I didn't spend money. What are you talking about? Denial, denial, denial. Like we all turn into great attorneys in that point. We're like, no, we plead the fifth. We're not doing anything. <laughs> Asking those questions. It's one of those, if suddenly you can't find documents and statements, that's a red flag. Yeah. Bank statements and stuff like that, especially if it's especially if it's bank statements for uh, accounts that you that you're on or something like that. Like you said, if somebody's got a joint credit card but you can't find the statements mm-hmm. or see the access the the account, I would say that was a big red flag. <laughs> Financial infidelity might be harder to pick up on if you were in a second marriage. I think naturally you would you would be a little bit more open to the ideas that things were a little bit different. Because, you know, it's a second marriage. But, I mean, that's, that's I think, would be a harder to find in a second marriage. I don't know. What do y'all think? I don't know. I guess it depends on the relationship. Yeah. I, in second marriages, people like to keep their finances separate a lot more often. True. 
And so... Because they've probably been burned financially. Yeah, I was about yeah. To say, that's what I was going to say. In a second marriage, I feel like you're more guarded and, mm-hmm. and maybe aware of smaller details. And Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, how many people have we met that the opening to our meeting with them is, well, I got burned by my first husband and now I'm in a relationship with someone else and I don't want to get burned again. I guess, I guess that's mostly from my perspective as a lawyer, you know, coming somebody coming in for a prenup or something. Well, and it's, I want to throw this in there because I don't want it to be that hmm, there's some gray area here because I don't, I don't think that if a female or a male has some separate money aside, that's kind of their, if crap goes south, you know, I don't know how else to put it like there. If, you know, he turns psycho or she turns psycho, I've got this extra money sitting aside. I don't think that that's I mean, according to this list, it is against the rules. It is considered being financial infidelity. But if it was one of those, like, your bills are being taken care of, y'all are both in a financial situation, but you're just kind of putting money aside in case something happens, eh, that's kind of gray area for me. I think it's a smart move. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> this is where I'm going to get off This is what debates are all about. I mean, I, I guess it depends on the person, but... I feel like if you're already setting money aside and there hasn't been a red flag yet, let's let's say that situation. I feel like yeah, you're almost willing it to happen, yeah. or like I don't like that. I mean, okay, if you're well, if you if you've decided you're going to leave and you you, you don't want to leave until you're financially able to leave, then that's one thing. You know, mm-hmm. you set money aside because you've already made the decision. But I do kind of feel like you're priming the pump there. If you're, well, no, okay, hold, let me re- let me reword this. Are there red flags at this point? What if, yeah, so I'm thinking of two people right now. The spouse knows about a account, but doesn't necessarily know how much is in there, but it's just been known of like, this is going to be my separate account. This was mine before we got married. This is my account. Now, but they don't know it's there. I'm moving out of things get crazy account. No, they don't know it's called that, but that person knows that's what it is. And so it's the uh, awareness of the account is known. It's just not the value. So I think it's great. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I mean, is I, it Fifty Shades of Grey? Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so a tip off. This one was estate planning. Court, you want to take this one? Estate planning in this in this sense, they're talking about somebody who is um, estate planning, and it's a legitimate practice that we do in estate planning to move assets to kids uh, ahead of your death. You know, gift it while you're alive, so on and so forth. That can be useful under some some circumstances, but if you're doing that because you're trying to lower the uh, amount of community property um then then that's that's not the same as as trying to 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 divest your estate of assets you're just trying to to lower the 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 community property so that you can divorce and and (laughs) not have to give up as much money yeah i mean it's you know people hiding how much money they've got with child support now that's that point you're yeah it's a whole nother thing this kind of goes back to the argument we were kind of having. There's a difference between saving on the sly for special anniversary gifts versus you going and spending a bunch of money and blowing it at the casino because partners shouldn't have to account for every penny they spend. I think that's where then sometimes you get borderline control issues and that's a horse of a different color where you've got to figure out what works for your relationship. Some people enjoy where one spouse is the money person. They know everything. Others want it to be mutually beneficial. They both know what's going on. I cringe at the idea where, oh, I get an allowance for my husband. That makes me cringe. Is it, it's a very Handmaid's Tale. 
I, I just, I don't <laughs> like it, but that's me. I'm a very much like, I make my own money. This is what I want. I don't like that idea. It works for some people though. It's fine. So it's. Well, I mean, I, that's what you attribute to the word allowance. We pool our money and then I get a little bit back to spend on myself however I want. And we call it an allowance, but we both know that we jointly have contributed to the pool of money. So it's not like Robin is doling out just little bits and pieces for me. And I, I can take money from the joint account if I want to, but the allowance that I get, I can spend on whatever I want. And no questions asked. she cannot, she, you know, I can come home with a motorcycle. And if I spent my allowance on it, then she can't complain. Yeah, I see what you're saying, Katie, though. Like a man speaking down to his wife, here's your allowance. It's very like stay in the kitchen kind of talk. You know what I mean? It, like yeah, demeaning. It is. And I think it's much more from like the male female perspective because I have heard, you know, locker room talk, bar talk or whatever of like the husbands that their wives don't work. And it's like, oh, well, you know, she just, I make all the money and she just spends all my money. And... I caught Daniel making some little joke about that one day. And I was like, excuse me, sir. I make my own money. It's like, together we can afford this house. Together we can do this stuff. First of all, First how of dare all, you? <laughs> exactly. And he quickly changed his tune on that. But yeah, I, I think that what you what you said, Court, that's middle accounting. That's wonderful that y'all pull your money together and then say, you know, this is what's going to the bills. But here, here's your fun money. Here's my fun money. It's kind of like when we talked to Keiki about it's like you've got your allotment of money you can spend on fun. If you blow it on something stupid, well, you blew your money on something stupid. So if you want something else, you're going to have to tap into the big pool and ask for permission at that point. (laughs) You know, obviously not talking about money is going to have you're going to end up having these things if you do not have an open dialogue about money in your relationship you're doomed because I'm sorry, money is everything. It impacts everything in your life. And so a couple that works together as, you know, trusted financial partners, they must work together on similar priorities on their goals. And we have that happen all the time where one person has one idea in their mind and one person has another. But if everyone's not on board with saving or funding college for kids or buying the lake house, it's going to cause issues. Because the money's going to be spent differently and the other one could even try and sabotage it. One partner choosing to stay ignorant or uninvolved in family finances. I had a, a, a couple come in and they said they actually every two weeks have a budget meeting. <laughs> it's their family budget meeting. And I was like, I, I think I would miss that meeting. <laughs> yeah, if you're willfully ignorant about the, the financial circumstances of your partnership, basically, then you're you're basically handing over all responsibility to the other partner. And that, on on the one hand, it invites them to take advantage of it, but also it's putting all of the responsibility on them. Mm -hmm. And that's that's not the way partnerships are supposed to work. If one partner becomes a financial bully, this is that controlling situation that uh, they can control, they can abuse the finances, and, you know, it's the other may see little choice but to hide spending and keep money secret. And... I mean, obviously, I think controlling money then gets very quick into uh, the mental abuse aspect of it. So that's kind of a borderline red flag. But you again see how financial infidelity and sexual infidelity, it's all kind of hand in hand together. But in a way, like your spouse cheats on you, then you choose to forgive them or not, or you move on. But if someone financially screws you, that sting can linger for a lot longer than your spouse stepping out on you. Mm -hmm. 
I hate to put it that way, but it affects every aspect of your life. Like, uh, yeah, like, it's like cheating, cheating in your marriage. It just ruins you emotionally, but financially, you have to have money to be in a house, drive a car, get mm-hmm. gas, everything. Yeah. It's a whole different mm-hmm. ball game. Yeah, ignoring evidence of you know financial infidelity because it leaves traces. Secret spending has to come from somewhere and go somewhere. Unexplained cash withdrawals, large credit card balances, household bills seem unrealistically high, and it's in pop culture. We we see it all the time. We see the person um, hiding these side jobs and money's just coming from nowhere. Like like, how do you not realize he's not making that kind of money doing his teaching gig? Like, I mean, <laughs> come on. Like, there's certain things you're like, uh, somebody needs a wake up call. But also, it's some people are very sly and very creative on how they hide things. It's hard to tell. So do not feel bad if you've missed financial infidelities because there are some very creative people that can hide it. And it does happen. And then unresolved conflict. In a painful relationship, one partner might use secret spending as a distraction, a way to feel better or an attempt to get even with each other. I, I can see this. Yeah, this, this, this I, I, I know some people who do this on a very sort of basic level, just retail therapy, you know? It's true. Go back to that rationale episode I did about rational spending. It happens. You you have a bad day, but it's it how how tempting would it be if Robin had a bad day and came home with a bunch of shopping bags and then you've been eyeing, you know, some new shoes or something like that and you're like, "Well, she just went spent spent spend a bunch of money. Maybe I should just go ahead and buy this." <laughs> Katie hit me in the only spot where she knows I might do an impulse buy. <laughs> She's like, you and your shoes, you Court. Like, you like your shoes. <laughs> yep. There are a lot of emotions that accompany this guilt, fear, anger, shame. So guilt, your spouse will likely feel the guilt that they've betrayed you and they don't even realize it. Like, I hope listening to this episode, there's not a bunch of people feeling guilty right now because it happens. Just admit it and become aware of it and take next steps for it. But that's often because an all-consuming thought that can crush their spirit and limit their desire to communicate openly with you. You want to take fear? Well, I mean, fear is, it, it's the most logical to me of the emotions that you might feel because you're probably afraid you're going to get caught. Yeah, that's one part of it. But you're also probably experiencing fear about your relationship. If my spouse hid this from me, what else are they hiding? So if you're the one that's been cheated on, fidelitated on. <laughs> Financially cheated on. <laughs> Filated. No, wait. (laughs) How many new words have we made up on this episode? (laughs) If my spouse hid this from me, what else are they hiding? You know, that lack of security is devastating. So the only way to to get past that emotion is complete openness and and honesty in your relationship. I mean, that's a trust thing. It's, you know, trust is something you got to build. And once it's broken, it's real hard to get it back. Okay, the next one. You want to take it? Well, anger. I mean, (laughs) obviously, if you're feeling anger about the fact that your spouse betrayed your trust, then you're justified in that. You can't let it become corrosive. You know, you you don't, Mm. you you can't, (laughs) I guess this is basically don't hold a grudge, okay? (laughs) Which is hard. Yeah. Uh, you, you've, got, you've got to let it go. They may deserve your anger and you should express to them that you're angry, but it doesn't it doesn't need to be something that you retain throughout the marriage. Don't become the Hulk. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, especially if, you know, if you were the one that has had the financial infidelity or someone has come to you and admitted it to you, like, obviously it's taken them a lot of guilt and anger and shame. Like, there's been a lot that's gone through their head for them to then bring it to you 
is showing that they're like laying all their cards out like, here I am, this is what happened. And so try and, I mean, it really is like when someone finally admits like they've cheated on somebody, like it takes a lot for them to like say that to somebody. Yeah. And so you're going to have all the emotions at first, but like try and And quite frankly, I think, I think it's probably pretty natural for the longer the financial destruction that was caused lasts, yeah. the more likely you are going to continue to be angry. And th- I think that's probably what leads to the end of relationships, frankly, yeah. is again, yep. that financial destruction, you know. And the last one on here is shame. You may be ashamed that this happened. How could I have not known? How could I have been so blind? How am I so stupid? But it's there's something about it that, you know, you may have shame that you did it, that you that you let it get so bad, that you caused this issue to happen. But then, yeah, the other person is like, how did they have no idea? Those are the exact same questions that people say when they didn't realize Someone was addicted to drugs. Someone was cheating on them. Like, these are the exact same things. So it happens. It's very well named. Financial infidelity. It's Mm -hmm. well named because you can draw so many lines between it and other forms of relationship. Financial unfaithfulness. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but it's in doses, isn't it? It's perspective and balance because, yeah, obviously, like, you go to the bar every Friday with your friends and have a drink. Like, that's fine. But if you start going every single day after work and having a drink with your buddies, then it becomes a problem. So, okay, you, you know, splurge and go get your TCBY or Sonic drink like every week and that's not a big deal. But then if you start splurging and hiding more and more stuff and then it turns into you're sitting on a large credit card bill that you can't handle that then is now going to ding your spouse's credit score, that's when it slipped from just a little small thing to an issue. Yep. Okay. So you are the behavioral uh, finance expert, Katie. So I, I, I don't I'm, know about expert. <laughs> I'm, I'm very interested to see what your bullseye is from this episode. How are you going to wrap this up into a, a, a bite-sized little morsel that people can take away from the episode? Give me your bullseye. Okay. My bullseye is if you haven't picked up on it yet, listening to now 110 episodes, Money is emotional. Money is behavioral. And so your relationship with money is with your relationship with your spouse, with your family. The relationship with money started when you were a child, what you saw your parents do. You either are going to do the opposite or follow in the same footsteps. And so it is something that's going to constantly be evolving. I hope this episode has brought you awareness of what is financial infidelity and really kind of the difference of, I'm not telling you, you have to tell your spouse every dollar you spend, but having those open conversations, being vulnerable to the person that you're committed to in a relationship is admitting to them when you slip off the wagon and spend a little bit too much or that you need to help a kid out because of a financial situation and make it like a business. You are in this relationship together and what's maybe a small little financial thing to you can snowball and turn into a devastation to your financial structure for your whole family and end up being worse than if you had cheated in your marriage. Bullseye. Cameron? Yeah, mine would be work as a team and weigh your purchase benefits. So what I mean by that is in your relationship, in your marriage, work as a team, that's Mm -hmm. obvious, right? To achieve your financial uh, goals, individual and together. And also weigh the options of that sneaky little purchase. Is that $1,500 purse or TV (laughs) that you were sneaking from your spouse 
worth it at the time? We all like yeah. retail therapy, but is it worth it or is it better suited to advance your financial future? Like put that towards retirement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, yeah. just weigh the benefits. That's mm. a good one. I like it. Yeah, and I'm going to go back to my old trustee, which is in relationship, uh, in, in finances, as with so many other things, communication is key. You must talk about everything. You must be open about it. That doesn't mean you have to divulge every little secret that you have, but if your partner is not discussing finances with you, then that is a red flag. Um, you need to be communicating these things. You need to make sure that both of you know what is going on in your financial lives. And that starts with communication, open and honest. And again, if your partner isn't communicating with you, what are they hiding? Bullseye. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beamed directly to your favorite listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about Katie, about birthday boy Mr. Cameron Spann, Aww. or about me, you can go to our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. Uh, you can leave a comment, suggest a topic. We will pick up what you're throwing down for sure. We've got pictures. Boy, do we have pictures. We've got an Instagram handle. That's at Bullcast Podcast. And we also have a Twitter handle, which is also at Bullcast Podcast. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, Katie, Cameron, and I, all three, work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about what we do at Pickler Wealth Advisors, more about our team, our process, and of course, our boss, Mr. David Pickler himself, please go to our website, picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you plenty to be going on with. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. And we out. We out.